Coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gahn-Mueller. I really want you all to know how important Dr. Ernest Thiessen is. He's a prominent figure in decision research, innovation, contributing several decades to redefining formal decision-making through SmartSettle. In collaborative systems, Thiessen is the president of SmartSettle Resolutions and ICANN Systems. And with that, I'm going to introduce you to Dr. Ernest Thiessen. Dr. Thiessen, the floor is yours, and I know you have a wonderful program for us, including a PowerPoint that will show what you are going to give us. Okay, ready? Dr. Thiessen? You're, you're muted, Dr. Thiessen. Fix that. Okay. And this is Dr. Thiessen. We've been waiting for you. Our world needs you now more than ever. Dr. Ernest Thiessen, thank you for being here. Well, thank you very much, Barbara. It's my honor to be here. and Thank you for inviting me. I do have a short PowerPoint uh, that I've prepared here. Uh, I'm going to share my screen uh, briefly and go to that. But let me uh, <clears throat> just say that, um, you know, I thrive on questions, so I don't mind actually if you know, if, uh, I think it takes about 20 minutes if I would just go straight through, but you can interrupt me along the way uh, with any questions if you want to. Uh, if you put them in the chat, I probably won't be looking, but somebody tell me that there is a question there if, if you do that. You. Okay, so uh, I'm going to share my screen here and um, in one moment. We can give you a moment. We've been waiting for you for centuries. There you go, Ernest. There we go. And if I'm I'm sharing the right screen. It, would, it should say there um, on the full screen, transforming wars into peace. Well, wouldn't that be something if we could do that? Yes. Anyways, um, <clears throat> I've got um, us a, working on something that maybe we can give it a try. So, um, you know, everybody wants that. Even the parties that are fighting, they don't want to fight, but they don't know any better way to settle their differences than fighting. Uh, and, you know, there is another way. And uh, collaboration is the key. If they could figure out how to collaborate, but it's just easier said than done, right? But my goal today is to tell you about the Smart Settle Infinity Collaboration System. So, you know, there's no substitute for actually seeing a video of this and, and uh, 
you know, if you're scratching your head by the time we get to the end of this presentation, uh, um, you know, just make sure that you find a video and watch and see it actually in action. But I'm going to do my best without that video. We, we don't have time for a simulation. And uh, our, um, so as I was saying, collaboration is key to a peaceful, sustainable planet. Our motto is waging peace. And our vision is conflict resolution in a more peaceful, collaborative, and intelligent way. The ultimate prize would be a world without war, focusing on taking better care of our planet. So my goal today is to give you some insight into that um, more intelligent way. A short version of that vision is better peace sooner. We live in a world full of wars. We counted them earlier on in this in this uh, presentation, more than 110. Um, and, and there's right now in the news, there are two huge wars that are dominating. Ukraine versus Russia, and also in the Middle East. And there are many more. In the following slides, I'm going to use Ukraine versus Russia for my illustration. But the process I'm describing that can be applied to uh, any conflict. So let's think about that so-called special military operation. If you ask someone how that war in Ukraine will end, they might predict that Ukraine will win on the right side of this graph. And others will say, no, Russia is so big. Eventually, you know, we're going to end up on the left side. And along the way, both sides are experiencing horrible violence. I don't have to expound on that. But I'm sure all of you agree that this is really, you know, we can't talk about any winning here. It's about losing no matter how you look at it with all of that death and destruction. Other ways to peace are following this orange arrow to some kind of a one-dimensional distributive stalemate. And it looks to me, that's, that's what might happen after a ceasefire. It's not at all clear how this war will or can end, but it looks to me right now like a very dangerous Nash equilibrium. Describing the Nash equilibrium won John Nash a Nobel Prize in 1994 for work that he did in the 50s. But he didn't stop there. Nash also had a second algorithm for escaping the Nash equilibrium. And he called that algorithm maximize utility product. In order for this algorithm algorithm to work, we have to reorient these scales so that we transform a one-dimensional win-lose problem into two dimensions or more, where it's possible for both or all sides to win. Assuming only two parties, we're now looking at a two-dimensional satisfaction space where Ukraine wants to be at the right and Russia wants to be at the top. And it's no longer true that one party has to lose 
when another one wins. Smart Settle uses a similar algorithm called Maximize the Minimum Gain. It's been endorsed by fields, by experts in the field as superior to Nash's algorithm. Another name for this methodology is integrative negotiation. It applies to negotiations among any number of parties, but this algorithm is not enough. There's a second ingredient. Nash also prescribed collaboration, but he didn't specify how you could get parties to collaborate. Like, it's really easier said than done. In the next few slides, I'm going to describe the methodology used by the Smart Settle Infinity Collaboration System. So if you've been to our project website recently, you will recognize this diagram. We imagine a multi-party negotiation involving more parties than just Russia and Ukraine. Five are shown here being assisted in their communication by the Smart Subtle Infinity Neutral Site. Wise mediators, assisted by AI today, help to create a single negotiating framework that comes out as a peace treaty at the end of the process. And next, I'm going to describe the peace process depicted on this diagram. But this won't be enough. As I said, uh, you've really got to see the videos. And if you can't find them, just email me and I'll point you to them. So as an illustration of how the smart settle process works, consider Putin's proposed peace plan of 2014 in between, there were quite a few more proposals by various parties. And in November, 2022, Zelensky proposed a very different plan. So a mediator using Smart Settles method would take the proposals from both of these parties. Oh, wait, here's something from China. Looks like a 12 point plan. Well, as I was saying, the mediator would take all of these plans and there are many more and combine them into a single negotiating framework. And today with generative AI, uh, it's actually quite an easier, quite, that task is quite a bit easier than it was in the past. But the idea is to produce a single negotiating framework that basically documents everything the parties agree to and leaves blanks for the things they don't agree to. And we call this a single negotiating framework, SNF for short. Uh, the blanks will be the issues that are still to be negotiated. And a mediator helping with this process can now encourage the parties to direct their constructive criticism at the mediator and this document rather than at each other. Building a single negotiating framework is the beginning of the modeling phase. This is the time to build and or strengthen relationships. The parties can physically can meet physically face-to-face -face or virtually from opposite sides of the world. The objective of this phase is for each stakeholder to bring all the issues to the table. No bargaining or formal exchange or proposals takes place during this phase, but the discussion will identify the range of possible outcomes on, uh, on each issue. And the parties will then model the SNF within infinity, which includes a preference representation for each of them 
and each party does that separately. Any number of parties can be accommodated this way until they're all satisfied with the single negotiating framework, which now represents a very well-defined problem. And as John Dewey said, a well-defined problem is already half solved. The other half of the problem is solved in the solution phase. This is where the parties build packages, exchange proposals, and uh, request suggestions from the system with the goal of reaching an agreement. And during the solution phase, the parties gather around a virtual table in Smart Settles e-negotiation room. Communication is enhanced with sophisticated algorithms, and the most important attributes are neutral, trustworthy, safe, secure, smart, and this can continue anywhere, anytime. Skills facilitators are required in order to reach the best attainable outcome that is satisfactory to all parties. What each party sees is their own view of the virtual negotiating table on which packages appear. These may be proposals or suggestions from Smart Subtle. All of these are candidates for the final solution. Parties can compare packages by means of secret ratings assigned to each package. In a process called multivariate visual blind bidding, a final solution emerges. This graph assumes a comprehensive single negotiating framework has already been created, and each party's preferences are well represented at the Smart Settle Infinity neutral site. The stage is set for the integrative bargaining phase of a Smart Settle negotiation. The animation here will show how the bargaining phase works for two parties. Each party has their own view of the status quo. This is equivalent to whatever would happen if there was no negotiation. This point is also that dangerous Nash equilibrium that I referred to earlier. The parties need some way to escape that dangerous Nash equilibrium. The status quo together with the efficiency frontier define a zone of possible agreement. But each party also has a minimum level of satisfaction that they would be willing to accept. And these levels define a zone of likely agreement. The smart settle process proceeds as follows. The parties start with optimistic proposals. So those two proposals you see here are outside of those zones of possible and likely agreement. But they can put more proposals on the table. They can ask smart settle for suggestions. And some of those will fall in that zone of likely agreement. And if both or all parties accept any of those packages, one of them then will become a baseline agreement. Smart settle then applies that signature algorithm, maximize the minimum gain, brings them out to the efficiency frontier, fairly distributes any value left on the table to uh, present a fair and efficient solution. So that's two parties. Uh, the same process applies to any number of parties. If it was for three parties, it would look something like this. And 
you know, we're adding um, the, the West as a, a third party. And, you know, this has the potential to be tremendously uh, complicated, but with smart settle, each party's view is really no different when there are many parties as if there are just two parties. They're each focusing on their own point of view and what will bring them satisfaction. So the final outcome is a consensus in which the blanks in the single negotiating framework are filled in to become the final agreement to be implemented. And like I said earlier, there's some good videos on our website. Just email me if you can't find them and I will point you to the, the best one, the Ukraine point of view that we made recently. It's only 14 minutes. It's one of the best ones. And so we are trying to scale up uh, the, the work that we were doing. We've got some potential projects that we have our eye on. One is uh, in the Horn of Africa to uh, deal with some cross-border conflicts among a number of countries there. And we'd love to work it on a ceasefire in Ukraine. The parties are ready, but they don't know how to get there. And of course, the, the Middle East is the big one. Uh, so uh, I, that's uh, you know a, a quick presentation, a quick overview of Smart Subtle, and I just uh, thank you for watching, and I'd be happy to take any questions. Thank you so much. Um, I'm going to go back to gallery view because I want people to be able to hear the questions and have you answer the question. So I'm back in gallery view. First of all, I wanna say that something brought new to me that was um, transforming war into peace. I thought you summarized exactly what you're about to do to transform war into peace, but it takes negotiations and it takes collaboration. That's where the problems have, in all of the evaluations that I have watched, the negotiations and the evaluations after, they can't agree. And that emotion keeps them on this warring side. So how does Smart Settle step in and allow people not to have the emotional pull of you killed my mother, darn it, damn it, and all the rest? Go. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, You're, you're, I know I realize that this is an emotional time, Ernie, but by the same token, how you know, do we do this? Um, at, at the beginning of the process, we engage parties in simulations. We don't jump into the real thing right away. We, we engage parties in, in, in simulations it could be a simulation of their own conflict or some other conflict, but once they realize uh, how it's possible to get to a better place, you know, they need to, their, their way of uh, dealing with this conflict has to be transformed from that single dimensional view to a multi-dimensional view where they can basically see how they can um, look at what they're, they're, they're both wanting and 
look for differences in their preferences and take advantage of, uh, of that in order to get to a solution that will, will maximize their mutual satisfaction. Um, that's what I have. I have had the honor of watching your slideshows and your presentation today really was more direct and it was beautiful because you showed how they can negotiate into agreement. And Nancy, I see you have a question. Um, it's it's an idea rather than a question. It seems like um, they need to do something like alternatives to violence project, which is called AVP, where people um, learn to listen to each other. And so just the fact of looking at each other and directly listening to each other um, is a way for people to realize that the other is not the other, but another person with the same problems and ideas, just different points of view. Mm -hmm. um, so it seems like something like that needs to be added to the whole process. And um, actually, it's been working in Africa and all over the world where people who have had conflicts like um, Boko Haram and the girls that were kidnapped and then the villages with the parents and the girls um, can sit and communicate with each other. Um, it's not easy. Um, people who have committed genocide have to confront their victims and the victims have to confront the people who perpetrated the genocide. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a way for people to learn to listen to each other. So mm -hmm. this is a lot, this has a lot of good ideas. But I think at some point, people need to see each other and listen to each other. Ernie? So you're absolutely right there, Nancy. Um, uh, they they got to start talking with each other rather than fighting and try to understand each other. And at the beginning of the process, we have that building of the single negotiating framework. And that provides the opportunity for a lot of communication. Let's see if we can identify all of the things that we agree to. And the problem is when people are trying to solve their problem, they get to something they don't agree to and they just start arguing and fighting. Well, we don't want them to do that. When you get to something that you don't agree to, set it aside. It's an issue that, that will be modeled later. And building that single negotiating framework is about all the common ground that's already there and you can build relationships during that exercise, all the things that Nancy was talking about. Thank you so much, Sylvia. Sylvia, you're muted, dear. Can you can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Yeah, I, I think one of the problems that I think about all the time is that when I was- A little bit louder, up, Sylvia, get closer to your screen so we can hear you. When Thank I was growing up, and I look at the kids who are growing up today, did anybody ever define peace for us? Did everybody ever talk with us about conflict resolution 
and how you would do this, or we just growing up like that without any skills. And if we don't do that with our kids today, this will never go away because we need to teach that even to the little ones. That's what we want. Mm. Uh, that, that's right. De dealing with adults that grew up like <laughs> just seeing other people fight and looking at other people fighting to solve their problems, it's really, really difficult. But, you know, if you teach children how to solve problems in a, you know, in a collaborative way, uh, you know, without fighting, that they'll grow up into adults that will do the same thing. That's why I think what Sylvia is saying. It's true. And I remember I was hired by the city close by to Santa Barbara, and the mayor was in the closet because he didn't want to hear what the people were going to say. But when I started writing it down on paper and everything anybody said, I wrote down in paper. And when there was anything in common, I put that on another sheet. So we found the common ground. Now, that's a very archaic way of doing what you're talking about, Ernie. And I am so glad that you are working in a way that allows everything that where the agreements are can be put on a screen so that we can see them. But there is something about this listening that Nancy brought up and Sylvia talking about what we can do to bring peace. And so, Ernie, did you have a comment on Sylvia's approach? Uh, well, I was just affirming her that, you know, it's really important to teach the children, of course, you know, but, we, but you know, if you go to Ukraine right now and to uh, the Middle East, we're dealing with adults that, you know, we 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 don't have ten years to to work with the children. We got to we got to deal with the adults to solve that problem right now. Well, I see your smart settle working, and I see people making sure that this is the way we still work today. And Andrew, please. Yeah, just a thought. Uh, Congresswoman Barbara Lee was the only Congresswoman that stood up back in 2001 and to address the uh, war at that time. But she's less well known for uh, championing this idea of a Department of Peace for the United States. And so from a practical standpoint, my question would be, uh, is there a pathway for UNA to guide us through um, the necessary, um, I guess you would call it geopolitical steps to have someone carry water for the project to the decision makers at hand? That's my question. Uh, Barbara, can you take that question? His question was, um, Barbara Lee wanted a Department of Peace. He also, she also um, wanted, and again, Andrew, help me phrase this better, to allow people to have a path to create peace rather than um, arguing about the geopolitical situation. Yeah, in other words, Ernest, I could see where <clears throat> if each of the countries had a department that was focused on a way to, you know, achieve that, we could get this done overnight. Okay, okay. But, but, Let's get that done. Um, hi, Barbara. <laughs> yes. Hi, uh, this is um, David Tuckman. Um, I'm currently taking a course on peace building at the U.S. Institute for Peace. I just wanted to point out that in our class, we, we're discussing right now about conflict resolution. I mean, the goal is to reach the agreement and solution to the conflict using traditional um, mediation and negotiation.
but our professor is saying that really you want to look more at complex transformation, whereas the total transformation of relationships between the parties, that way you're uncovering the root causes of the conflict. You really want to address the grievances and then build trust between the parties. Um, and that leads to the peace building phase where the, you transform relationships, uh, institutions and structures to the end goal um, of solving a conflict in a nonviolent way, um, which is a multi multilateral and a broad approach. I just wanted to kind of point that out what we're doing right now at USIP and how that kind of ties in. Thank you. I saw Ernie. Did you so, want to comment on that? Yeah, there yeah, the transformation. Yeah, that's that's uh, a key key word. We need that. Uh, and transformation takes time. We've got to be patient uh, for it. And I, I see the smart settle process as speeding up the transformation process. You know, there's only so much you can do. But I love what you said in the beginning, transforming war into peace. Think about those words. If you're having trouble seeing our world at peace, just think about transforming war into peace and how our world will benefit from this. If you have not seen the video, Earth Rise, it's when the astronauts in the early, I think it was, I can't remember the exact date, but it was in the 90s, and they came around the dark side of the moon, or maybe it was even in the 80s, and when the astronauts came around from the dark side of the moon, they saw Earth rise. In other words, if we could imagine our planet as one whole, that these wars are like shooting into our feet that we need to walk with, and so you have to watch Earth rise if you have a moment. It's on YouTube. It's very beautiful. It's narrated by the astronauts who said, well, how can we afford to have war when the planet is so fragile? And I looked at the planet and I saw rivers and I saw lakes and I saw green, but I didn't see anybody shooting each other. And so with that, I say, Nancy, you're on. It, what I wanted to say was just a little comment that goes along with what you're saying. The problem with saying we don't have time to teach the children because we need to solve the problem in Ukraine and Israel and Palestine is that um, these countries are looking at others as their enemies and they're teaching the children that these people are our enemies and so the children are going to have that idea that others are their enemies and that's not a good way to grow up so i think we have to work with the children and like sylvia said you know if you don't start with the children and teach them then when they're adults, they won't have those ideas. And Sylvia, AVP is being taught to some children now and youth. And so I think we do need peace education for children. Absolutely. And um, Ernie, did you want to add something to that? Well, no, she's totally right. I mean, we're, we're teaching children the wrong thing <laughs> with the wars that are happening right now. It's, uh, you know, think of all the Palestinians that are experiencing, you know, all that horrible violence over there. I mean, not only Palestinians, everywhere, you know, that, what, what are you teaching them? They're, they're just, their, their hearts are going to be filled with, with revenge. And what are they going to, what kind of adults are they going to grow up to be? We, we need to teach uh, children peaceful ways to resolve conflict. Thank you. 
It's interesting because after one of the wars, which I can't recall right now, they asked the children to draw pictures. And the children couldn't even imagine drawing pictures about a happy family. All they could imagine were drawing pictures where there was fear and danger because that's what they were experiencing. And so it, they, the intervention was they asked them, what is peace? They didn't say, where are you, but what is peace? And the minute they started drawing the pictures of peace, they drew trees, they drew flowers, but they didn't draw people. And that was so revealing. They didn't think people could bring peace. And Ernie, I know you know better than that, that people can bring peace, but we're not teaching our children that people don't have to war. It was so revealing to let the children talk about peace. And then one child said, well, if we have peace, we'll have a happy family. And that was the only way they could even imagine having peace. Sylvia? Yeah, if we don't think about it now, 10 years from now, maybe not even 10 years, there'll be a group like this sitting, talking about conflict, except that what they'll be dealing with then is a nuclear war. It's not going to take this long to just blow us off the face of it. If we don't look at it now, our children and grandchildren have nothing to look for. Sylvia, I when you were, uh, before you got on, I invited people to go to the Garvis Peace Conference. Um, is it possible that you could put in the chat the dates and the look and the website in order to go to the uh, Garvis Peace Conference? And what is the date for the Garvis Peace Conference? It's Saturday. It's Saturday the 27th. Okay, Saturday the 27th at the Nixon. At the uh, Nixon Library. And it's starting at 8 o'clock in the morning. Right. And if you need to get tickets, you know, if you need to get tickets, just come on down. Tickets cost $40. We have a number of tickets that are free that we will give to people who really want to come and can't afford it. So, next to the library, you know, I Sometimes I think as Ernest, thank you, Sylvia. Sometimes I think as Ernest does, well, these meetings, these conferences that we're holding now, are they really working? The answer is you find your tribe who agree with you so that you can reinforce each other. Why am I on with Helen Peacock, the originator of Ending War 101? Why am I working with Quanta and all of the people who believe that war can be ended? Because we <clears throat> support each other. We need to support each other and understand that ending war is possible. Once you understand the ramifications, and that's why Helen Peacock has a QR code there, and I have the QR code. Take out your smartphone, take a picture of it, and join us on March 5th in order to take this course. Quanta is a member of the team, Ending War 101. Quanta, you have your hand up. Thank you very much, Barbara. Um, I do agree with Nancy Martin about the, because I am from Middle East, and I understand what you're saying. However, in order for America to have an effective and impactful uh, example, you know, to be in an example, we also have to work in our society. You know, we have our children going and killing each other in schools. So therefore, uh, I do think that it has to be simultaneous, both teaching 
out out of the country and as well as within the country so that people can say yes you are a peaceful country we should really uh you you are our model at this time unfortunately that is not so my dear martin miss martin thank you of quanta quanta is an amazing networker i got on this call for our group today at 12 o'clock when we didn't start until 12 30. the first person to sign on was named Gary Rausch, R-A-U-S-H-E, from Ukraine. He got on to find out what Smart Settle is about because of Quanta inviting him. I'm going to tell you the secret to success. I took the course on public relations from the founder of PR. He said, Edward Bernays, he was 94 when I was starting my company in 1985. I wanted to be a socially responsible PR lady. And he said, Barbara, if you want to influence somebody, it starts with awareness. That's what these groups do to inform after they are aware, awareness, information, persuasion to do something. Now, here is the formula that will drive you nuts because he says to go from awareness to persuasion, the old fashioned way, radio, television, emails, text messages, it takes seven knocks to get from awareness to persuasion to do something. So if we want Ernie to be successful, we're going to have to do the magic. The magic bullet is the best friend tells you. Why did Gary join us? Because Quanta said, Gary, you have to see, you have to meet Barbara and learn about Ending War 101 and hear Ernest Thiessen. Because when a best friend tells you, Walter Cronkite was famous for that, he would end up his newscast with, now it's time for you to do this, and we would do it. He was respected. And so you, as an embassy uh, ambassador for peace, use your voice, wear your peace pin, take the course ending War 101, and then from awareness, information, persuasion, now, let's get some people now. You don't think I'm going to ignore Gary. I'm going to reassure him. Awareness, information, persuasion, reassurance. I'm going to reassure Gary that he can listen to Ernest Thiessen on my video. I'm going to put it on peacepodcast.org. And the last thing is evaluation. Check it out. Did that person have a question that wasn't answered? You get them a chance to tell you. You evaluate the experience so that you learn. You become a peacemaker. You become the earnest thesis. We can't be everywhere, but we can keep our voice strong. Who, who said that? Maya Angelou said, it's our human voice that transforms us from all of those seven knocks from awareness, persuasion, information, and persuasion to do something. Why am I reading the book on Margaret Mead right now? Because my best friend said, you've got to read this book on Margaret Mead. So when your best friend tells you to do something, you do it. Like Sylvia told me, you got to be there at the Nixon Center and be there for the Garbage Conference. Okay, Sylvia, if you say so. I didn't have to go on an email and get a whole bunch of notes. So with that, Andrew, I see you're smiling. You must understand this process. Well, yeah, but several thoughts came to mind. One, of course, is that we just celebrated the birthday of Martin Luther King. He was also influenced, as was Mahatma Gandhi, by our USA resident, Henry David Thoreau. But 
it seems that we are in a prime position ourselves to take a lesson out of the <clears throat> Universal Declaration of Human Rights, number 29, which is taking responsibility. Since those of us are here, we're here, right? So, Ernest, it seems as though we are the ones that have to take the lead to do more than just to have a conversation about this. I, I'm, Barbara, I'm so glad that you make, you're going to make this available on your podcast. But Ernest, you had a very important, uh, I think, <clears throat> very beginning because you included AI as one of the components of what you're doing. All of us here are speaking English, but it's only when we take, I think, the next step to involve AI in providing a translation of what we're talking about into those languages of all the participants of a particular conflict, let's say, because you use an example of uh, Ukraine, Russia, China, others have peace plans, even the Mideast have peace plans. But initially, all those are in different origin languages. But to the extent that we can begin, I think, to maybe engage a wider, a wider audience than just ourselves, and also a wider audience than just those that speak English, is a way for us to begin to address this issue from a holistic standpoint. Thank you. Thank you. Andrew has been on since Gary was on. Andrew was the second person to join us today. He walks his talk. He got on early so we could meet him and we could talk about ending wars and be aware of the programs that he is working on so we can support each other. The secret to the United Nations Association and Rotary Clubs is not just to go to meetings. We can find a million meetings to go to, but to take it home with us, as Andrew said, take it home, practice as Sylvia said, as Nancy Martin said, practice with your children. What do I do? Why am I a peacemaker? Well, I'll tell you a real fast story. My grandfather immigrated from Hungary to avoid World War I. When the coffin maker was piling up the coffins, grandpa said, what are you doing that for? We're gonna need them, the war is coming. He was 17 years old. They didn't have coffins like we have today. He was out there chopping down the trees and making coffins, wooden coffins, and piling them up. And my grandfather said, the war's coming? I don't believe in war. And he left on the boat out of Hungary, Romania. On that boat, he met my grandmother. My grandmother was also avoiding war and the pain of being a child in Hungary. She came from royalty, but I don't know all the other horrors that she experienced. All I know is that she was avoiding pain. War is painful. Long story short, my grandfather and grandmother met on the boat and married. And when I turned three years old, what do you think grandpa said to me? Barbara, you're going to be a peacemaker. And I said, grandpa, and I get goose pimples telling you the story. I said, grandpa, I'm grandpa. So what am I going to do about peace? You're going to learn. And I get goose pimples telling you this story because he said, you will meet somebody who will take you into the world of peace. And I met Robert Mueller, the friend of Sandy Hinden. And Robert Mueller and I spent the time working for peace. And then I meet Helen Peacock, Ending War 101. And I meet Sandy Hinden. And I meet the peacemakers, that returning Peace Corps volunteers like Nancy Martin. And now I'm meeting Ernest Beeson. And so with that, I'm going to turn the audience and all of us over to Ernest Thiessen for a last word and for a dream. Ernest Thiessen's program will be on 
the website of UNA SoCal, but it also will be on peacepodcast.org because then I can put it on YouTube. This program that Ernest did today will be available to you and I will email each of you after. If you put your email into the chat, I will be sure that I save the email and I will send you the chat because there's so much information. So be sure you put your email in the chat and I will save the chat and I will keep you posted. And Ernie, it's your turn to end us today to thank you for being so dedicated. Take three decades. (laughs) Yeah, I I wonder if I could just uh, recognize uh, John L. German, who has joined us today. I'm happy to see John. You know, John, I've been working with, with John. He's a fellow Rotarian, and he has had first-hand experience with Smart Settle, uh, uh, the actual program. And I'm just wondering whether John would like to uh, have uh, a chance to comment on uh, what's been presented and uh, talked about today. John German is like a saint, an unspoken saint. Do you realize that John German introduced the international, uh, let's see, he introduced Steve Kilalea to Rotary before Rotary knew about positive peace. Now I'm a little bit beyond positive peace. I think we have to have peace around the planet. And that's why I'm going to Singapore. If anybody is on here who's going to Singapore, let me meet you in the peace park. All right, because John German, as Ernest has said, is a like is a, a quanta of this generation. Quanta introduces people to the right people. And that's what John German did. And now we have Ernie and John and Sandy and all of us who are working for Ernest. Ernest, your turn. Yeah, well, if uh, John has a comment there, I'm not sure you can unmute. To, if you, do, you, do you have audio, John? I hope so. So, yes. So Barbara is our great ally in all this. And she's the one who brings us all together. Uh, and here we are. And you're right, you know, this depends on us. Uh, and Ernest Thiessen is one of two people I am working with very closely, you know, because I see in what they are doing, you know, the hope for how we get to the kind of collaboration that we absolutely need. You know, the other person is David Gershon, you know, who Barbara has already had on another session. Uh, it's a, very bottom, a very bottoms up approach. Uh, and uh, this one is one that can be applied at every level. You know, you've heard about applying it you know, to uh, member states, to countries, you know, to warring parties, but it can be applied at every level. So it's been used in divorce and child custody cases. You know, so anyway, you know, these two people uh, are the people I am investing in and relying on to you know, get us to where we need to go so anything you can do to help them along, please do it. And uh, put some things in the chat very specifically uh, about things that I think people can do you know, to help out. So thank you so much and keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. I am saving the chat and I hope you have put your emails in so I can make sure that I keep you in my life. The other thing is I appreciate each of you. I appreciate, we appreciate It's a we, you know, um, we are transforming war into peace by our actions, by our thoughts. And it really does begin with our thoughts. And Ernie, 
if you have a last word, I'd like to turn the audience over to you. So, uh, yeah, I'm just uh, happy to have had this opportunity to uh, speak with you. And uh, <clears throat> I know it's um, a lot to take in in a short time, but, uh, and I really encourage you to uh, watch some of our videos. The best one is the Ukraine point of view in uh, the Russia-Ukraine uh, simulation. So you can find that on our website. And if you have trouble finding it, just email me and I'll point you to it. And your email, Ernie, is why don't you just say it out loud? So the easy one is just et at smartsettle.com. That's Ernest Thiessen standing by et at smartsettle.com. And please say thank you to Ernie. Tell him to put you on his mailing list or email so that he can bring you up to date. And if you have this extra cash that you've been thinking, I need to end these wars. And I have five friends that want to each contribute 20,000. That will get us into ending the war in the simulation with Ukraine and Russia. And with that, I ask you each to know that your thoughts are very important. And keep those thoughts on the world that transforms war into peace in our generation. My grandfather told me I was going to be a peacemaker, and I'd be my thrilled to end up my life and go to grandpa and say, Grandpa, I did it. We don't have any more wars. That's my dream, Grandpa. And Grandpa will be greeting me. Grandma will be saying, now, don't talk so loud to her. Let her talk, because she always told him what to do. But that doesn't matter, because he told me that I was going to be a peacemaker. And I have been a peacemaker since three years of age and if anybody knows how old I am that's more than 70 years now you guys and with that I thank you I thank you and I bless you Joni did you want to say something you uh, Joni is my friend from Pathways to Peace and, and an incredible woman Joni you're a little bit muted okay Joni you're muted She's talking away and she's muted, darn it. It's in the corner, Joni. Okay, well, we don't get to hear from Joni as much as I... I got it. I got it. Yeah. I, I just want to thank you all for a wonderful mm -hmm. book and let you know that started the planning for the International Day of Peace on September 21st. We're going to have a huge event in San Francisco. You're all invited. and. Um, because it's the 40th anniversary of the first International Day of Peace celebration in San Francisco. So that's pathwaystopeace.org. Stay tuned. Thank you, Barbara. You're welcome. Helen Peacock, I cannot end this program without giving you a moment to say something. Helen Peacock has a vision, and this vision has taken on the people who need to have it. Go ahead, Helen, please. Okay. Um, actually, I feel like there have been sort of um, several parallel conversations today, and we're talking about the underlying causes of war. We're talking about the solutions to this in, in terms of education with our children. And in the meantime, Ernie is talking about what to do right now with wars that are happening right now and how we might be able to persuade the warring parties to sit down and negotiate. And one of the questions was about, I think you asked this, Barbara, about, you know, how do we get the emotion? It's so emotional. You killed my mother. You killed my mother. 
Like, I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> and how do we bypass that? And I think part of the genius of what Ernie is proposing is that we're not leading with the emotion. We're leading with um, possible solutions that we might be able to um, get behind. And this sort of neutral um, artificial intelligence process is putting it together into um, the maximum gain for every party. So I'm, I'm in, I'm personally very much into grassroots movements and the kind of education that we're talking about in terms of a long-term solution, and also into the immediate need for us to look at our own thinking and the thinking in our own cultures and understand how it has allowed war to go on for the 75 years since the United Nations pledged to save us from the scourge of war. Our thinking, the thinking in our cultures and the ways in which it has been perpetuating this situation. So I'm a firm believer in ending war 101, which is a wake up call. And I'm also a believer in what Ernie is proposing as an immediate um, um, plan of action for wars that are happening right now. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you, Helen. And thank you all again. I, I know you know how much I appreciate you. Each of you have been bringing me more joy than I probably deserve because you are working on what I think is our solution to our problems on the planet. And Sylvia, would you like to hold that up? Use unmute to speak for peace. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> unmute to speak for peace. Okay, let's all unmute right now. And bring each other that lovely symbol of peace, unmute for peace right now. And God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Sylvia. Hey, Mike, there you are. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You don't know all the people who are on, Helen. You would not believe it. But I'm going to say thank you, thank you, thank you. And let's have another conversation. Ernie, this is just the first. We're going to have another one where we actually want to hear more details. And thank you for being our guest speaker today. I'll see you all in Ending War 101.